We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Hey, Shocker fans, want the latest on Wichita State Athletics? Let's go right to the source with Shocker AD Kevin Saul. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Daily, and every other Wednesday, we start that hour with a conversation with Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul. Kevin, welcome back into the program. Um, Let's start with the big one and all the news. We haven't talked since this has all sort of come out. Cessna Stadium, some renovations, um, big-time renovations, a big-time financial commitment. I'm going to ask this first question. We're going to get this out of the way. I'm going to give you the opportunity to squash it. Does this have anything to do with football at Wichita State? Well, Jacob and Tommy, great to, to be on your show. Certainly appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to it every couple of weeks. So the Cessna Stadium project, I think, maybe start a little globally before we get into the, the specific uh, question uh, regarding football is what you saw about seven to ten days ago was the Kansas Board of Regents uh, making the first and initial step to any major facility renovation or or new facility build on a Regents campus, which is providing the approval to move forward with design and and fundraising. It's not an allocation of funds. Um, it's not um, anything other than the first domino in a long line of dominoes um, that allows us to begin the the detailed design development. Um, and the uh, fundraising efforts. So what you saw in terms of the rendering is just that. It's a conceptual rendering. There's been a lot of uh, feedback and and great uh, dialogue and correspondence about what that includes and what doesn't include in terms of seating elements and grass berms or not. And and all those things will be vetted out um, in a very inclusive um, and comprehensive um, conversation as part of design development. You know, you you may have seen in the the Kansas Board of Regents documents that that anticipated capacity will be in that 10,500 to 11,000 range. Um, We have committed to Commissioner Bill Faflick um, and the High School Athletic Association that we will sequence and phase uh, any construction of that project um, around State High School track. As you guys know, that's a longstanding traditional event that's been here in Wichita with huge economic impact for Wichita, about $7 million uh, per year. So obviously we want to accommodate that in the phasing and and construction. So um, as you get to uh, the, the 
the more narrow question about a football program, I think that attendance in that facility probably indirectly answers that question. Currently don't have plans to add football. Certainly, uh, I don't think you ever uh, completely shut the door on that conversation. But, you know, guys, if you look at infrastructure uh, for a nationally relevant uh, football program, you're looking at initial investments of well over a couple hundred million dollars in terms of all the facility elements, team operations, practice spaces, indoor and out. Um, certainly the footprint of, of Cessna Stadium wouldn't um, accommodate that, um, even if that was a desire of the institution at this point in time. Um, and that's a one-time investment. Then you've got to look at the recurring annual investment of double digits, uh, tens of millions of dollars in terms of uh, a competitive uh, football program. And then guys, don't forget, um, we have obligations as a public uh, research institution to Title IX and gender equity. Um, we have a um, 56% of our students at Wichita State University are female and 44% are male. Athletics is obligated to maintain a 5% variance from that gender distribution within our student-athlete population. So if you add 115 males, um, you're going you're gonna to add 130 females. Um, so you start looking at the sports to, to add to make that happen. You're looking at a handful of sports with another annual operating of in the 5 to $6 million range. So as you guys can see, it starts to add up very quickly in terms of one-time investments, and then you get into literally 10 to $20 million in recurring annual investments, which would be double the existing budget. So it's certainly not in the plans at this point in time. Um, this facility, we're really excited about the future of it. I will tell you that um, – our state high school track, the aggregate attendance here the last couple of years on the busiest day have been 12,000. So we think that'll, that 11,000 is right size, and we'll certainly uh, collaborate with state high school track to, um, um, to build just a great facility. Keep in mind, guys, we have 250 student-athletes, and 110 are in our track program. So the facility will provide um, just a tremendous um, development, recruiting, retention uh, component for 110 of our student-athletes. And we also want to create a pathway for women's soccer potentially down the road. And so we'll do that through this project as well. Yeah, and we want to talk about women's soccer. So let me ask it a little more simply then. And I ask you these questions, Kevin, because these are the questions that immediately come to people's mind. And and we're, we're the mouthpiece of the people. Is there any interest in football now? And do you anticipate any interest in football while you're the athletic director at Wichita State? The, uh, the, the conversation, the, the, the institution at this point in time is not pursuing football. And I, I certainly okay. don't want to speak to institutional priorities X number of years down the road. But at this point in time, it, 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 our plans do not include a football program. Perfect. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, so moving on to uh, to other priorities and, and, and sports that uh, you guys are looking at, you know, down the road with this future uh, complex and everything. We talked about women's soccer. And, and so I guess my question is kind of a two-parter. First off, what does that process look like for women's soccer down the road? And then we also had a question, and this is part number two. We had a question from a listener wanting to know what it would take to have a men's soccer program. Um, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. there are Title IX situations and all of that, uh, but sure. I'm curious to know, first off, what does the women's side look like? And then does that open the door at all down the road even longer term for a men's program? Well, again, I, I, let's, yeah, let's deal with the first one. Uh, we can walk through that first. And uh, I think folks are interested in specific timelines, right? I, I would be as a fan. When are we going to have a women's soccer program? Well, that's, there's some variables. Um, it's, it's difficult for me to pinpoint for you an exact year 
uh, that that might occur because number one, keep in mind the facility, uh, the, the Cessna Stadium project, uh, we received approval to move forward with design and fundraising. Okay, so obviously there's a variable there. We've got to walk through um, some significant fundraising conversations to make that happen with multiple partners, a diverse set of partners uh, to work through that. We've got to have a facility for a women's soccer program to go in. And then you've got design and construction timelines uh, as well um, that that could be variable. Um, And so we are planning for within this facility, particularly on the west side, um, to have uh, team support spaces, uh, locker rooms, team rooms, training rooms, all of those things to accommodate a future women's soccer program. Uh, and then you have the build-out of a new program, right? You, 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 For a period of time prior to your first year of competition, you're going to have a coaching staff that's going to have to recruit a, a, a brand-new full roster. Um, and so it's smart to leave some lead time. Uh, into that process as well. And so that will be on our radar. There's certainly processes that are contingent upon processes before we can get more definitive uh, dates um, for our women's soccer program. But obviously that's an interest of ours. Um, As you guys know, and I grew up in Manhattan, I played soccer in high school and and Wichita is is very well known in this state and region for uh, youth soccer and high school soccer and um, it's a very, very strong community for that. We feel like we could be successful in that program uh, in a relatively efficient period of time. As always, our sport portfolio will be dictated by two primary variables. Number one will be uh, finances, and number two will be the not, not any priority order, but number two would be in the Title IX and gender equity component, right? We talked about the gender distribution. We need to be within 5% of this, this general student population. And guys, it's interesting is if you look at the last 10 years of trends in higher education across the country, there's the gap between females uh, in college and, and males is widening. Right now, it's 56-44 at Wichita State. At one point 10 years ago, we were sitting at 51-49 at other institutions that I had been um, been a part of. And so that gap is widening. Well, our student-athlete population needs to mirror that in some respects. And so whenever you talk about adding sports, uh, the first thought is going to be adding it on the women's side so that we can maintain um, Title IX compliance um, as a as a federally funded institution. Uh, that's not to say that men's soccer will never be a part of the conversation, uh, but we certainly need to make, make sure that we're in good place with Title IX and gender equity. It's uh, it's an exciting time, and women's soccer would, I think, be a hit. The renderings look awesome um, for Cessna. I mean, how much of this, too, Kevin, as you've done early evaluations, is it just, you know, Cessna's old. And, it, and, and it's right there smack in the middle of campus, and you've got state-of-the-art baseball right next door. You've got uh, you know a really uh, growing and nice softball facility right next door. Obviously, Coke Arena is one of the best places in the country. It almost feels like it just needs to catch up. And I think most people think, well, is there enough use out of it? Women's soccer certainly does it, but track and field does it too. And track and field at Wichita State has been really successful lately. Are you just... How how much of this is a, a tip of the cap to what's going on and just upgrading needed facilities anyway? Well, and I, I you hit the nail on the head, Jacob. If you look at the growth of this institution, 
has met industry standards and market demands in terms of the applied learning that's going on on this campus. Last year, we had 5,600 students involved in applied learning on campus, and they, in total, they were compensated $26 million. Think about that from a big picture perspective. We have young people come to school here. They have the opportunity to make um, dollars through applied learning experience that will actually benefit them as they pursue their jobs. That's that's experience you're putting on your resume um, as an assistant to an electric engineer at Airbus or Spirit or, or whomever it might be on our innovation campus. So I think it's just an extension of that. We have a facility that's there that has been great for a historic football program, but it's been um, almost 40 years, right? It's been 36 years uh, since we last competed in that facility in football. It's been a great home for our, our track and field program. The strength of our track and field program, Coach Rainbolt and his staff have done an awesome job. We've talked about it on your program before. In the last five years, we've won six AAC championships, and three of those are attributable to our track and field and cross-country programs. We have a women's outdoor track championship, a men's outdoor track championship, and a women's cross-country championship in the AAC. They do a phenomenal job. And as I mentioned earlier, there are 110 of our 250 student-athletes. And so when you look at um, what we have envisioned for uh, that facility moving forward, it is not only a premier home for a future soccer program, but a current uh, premier track program who is beating the likes of Houston um, and Cincinnati and Central Florida and all those powerful uh, track programs currently in our league. And so we want to honor that. It's also a great opportunity for external events, guys. And uh, if you put a 75-yard by 120-yard um, uh, soccer field down there and you've got natural grass, think about the implications for uh, state all-star football games, uh, the, the occasional high school football game in that facility, our ability to host NCAA track regionals. There's only two of those nationally. I had an opportunity to host two of them at the University of Kentucky. They are phenomenal events. Um, it is not dissimilar to the number of participants that you would see at a state high school track meet. Um, so you'd have an opportunity for that. It would be a premier track facility where you could host a junior national championship, which would be massive in recruiting for our track program. So we have our eyes on all of those things as we design and develop this facility. Kevin, there, there's one thing that I'm, I'm really interested in and curious to get your take on with the, the new renderings and, and everything with Cessna Stadium. How does this tie in to NIL? I mean, I'm sure that there are lots of different parallels that you can draw but I wonder, you know, as you're talking about funding and you're talking about raising the money and, and all of this stuff, of course, it's been a big priority for you when you've been out talking to donors about increasing and elevating what Wichita State is doing on the NIL front. Does this tie in at all? And if so, how does it tie in? Well, I think that's it's great. And, I, you know, I, you're exactly right, Tommy, in terms of um, – you know, talking about the importance of NIL, um, we're closing in on 90 days here, which is an important, um, I think, milestone in terms of trying to establish your strategic objectives and your priorities for the organization and, and, and connecting in the community. And we've certainly done a great deal of connecting in the community, and we'll continue to do that. Um, the importance of NIL, really, from a, our department perspective, as you guys know, it's a market-driven concept. Um, but the importance for us has been to, number one, protect the integrity of the institution and the eligibility of the student-athlete. Number two, to set up the infrastructure through Open Doors' marketplace, through armchair strategies. Guys, we've got another two or three collectives within the community that have interest 
um, in emerging as a, a substantial uh, player in the NIL space um, here as well. As we talk to donors and educate, that's another component of what we're obligated to do as an institution is, is educate the public on what NIL is, what it isn't, how to get involved and all those sort of things. Obviously, we're, we're not creating the deals. That's a market-driven um, concept, but uh, it's incredibly important. And I think um, it all, it's all connected, whether it's uh, Cessna Stadium or Wilkins Softball uh, Facility. Guys, at the end of the day, for us, our mission is to develop young people and programs, okay? And when you talk about a comprehensive facility master, camp, uh, master planning campaign, which we have begun here in this last week within athletics, we're going to take a look at every single one of our athletic facilities, what are the next steps in those facilities, and define a plan. And when I say define a plan, I'm specific in terms of uh, timeline, scope, cost, renderings, what are the next steps in all of our facilities? Because at the end of the day, every piece of this is connected to recruitment of elite level student athletes, retention of those same student athletes, and then ultimately their development as students, persons, players, and then eventually professionals. It's all connected. So when you ask specifically, how is Cessna Stadium connected to all this? I think it, everything we do is interconnected in terms of recruiting, retention, and development. One more, Kevin, before we let you go here, because we had the start of Wichita State basketball practice. I don't know if you were able to make it over there. Um, but but what's the buzz been like for you with the program that means so much to this community now and historically? Uh, how how are we feeling as we officially get things going ahead of the upcoming season? Well, I feel great about it. Obviously, it's a long journey, right? It's uh, September 28th, and practice first official day of practice was September 27th. Nationally, I know our guys had a um, um, a great day yesterday. I've certainly talked to several who were there. wasn't had did not happen to be at the practice yesterday specifically, but I have attended multiple practices. We've got a a talented group, as you guys know. We've got a new group. We've got twelve uh, new guys, and and they're all finding their way. Um, we're we're long. We're athletic. We shoot it well. Um, really excited about what you see in practices and drills and and of course the cultural aspect of it um, evolves as you go that piece is obviously one of the most critical is how that synergy and culture uh, develops in our program so very excited about it um, we've been uh, uh, pushing our, our season tickets hard um, to fill coke arena and support uh, uh, both our men's program and our women's program we've got uh, some phenomenal young ladies in and Coach Keith Adams' squad. So it's um, we look forward to it, guys. We've got a tip-off lunch luncheon for basketball on October 14th, and would encourage folks to go to GoShockers.com and get your tickets for that. I think we're up to about 100 RSVPs or tickets sold for that. We've got a few more weeks. I think the uh, the RSVP due date is October 11th on that. So come join us. We'll have all our student athletes there. You'll hear from Coach Adams, Coach Brown, and myself. Uh, we'll keep it to, to right at an hour, so you've got time to get back to uh, get back to work. But that's on Friday, October 14th, and then we've got uh, Shocker Madness on the evening of Thursday, October 27th, which will be the public introduction of our team. We'll have some fun in terms of some open scrimmages and some exhibitions, and uh, getting to know the staffs a little bit on those evenings as well. So uh, the time is here, and uh, we're looking forward to it. We appreciate it, Kevin. We'll spend some more time with uh, with the tickets the next time we have you on in a couple weeks. That's one of the questions, as you'll learn. You, you know, we 
we do we hear about a game and people ask, well, did they you know was how was the crowd was was it a big crowd was there a huge crowd there? That's what everybody wants to know because there's pride in selling out that arena, um, yep. and at its best, it it stays sold out. So we appreciate it. Thanks for the candid conversation on Cessna and football and all that stuff. Had to get that out of the way uh, because it's what what everybody asks us. Let's do this again in a couple sure. weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Tommy, Jacob, thank you so much for having us on our show, and thanks for covering the Shockers. We can't do what we do without you, and uh, just appreciate the opportunity and the relationship. So thanks so much, guys. You bet. There goes Kevin Saul, Wichita State's athletic director. We'll come back. Thoughts on any of that, any of our conversation with Brian Haney in the first hour. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the Shockers' opening practice, the Wichita wind surge. uh, Also wrapped up their season yesterday. Not what we wanted to see. We'll mention Uh, That as well. Your calls, 869-1240. We got a lot to cram in the rest of the way. We'll do it. Sports Daily comes back next. Go! Sports Daily is on KFH. There's never been a better time for football fans to join the huddle with BetMGM. Sign up today and place a $10 pregame wager on any pro football game to win. If any player scores a touchdown in any pro football game, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code JACOB200, J-A-C-O-B-200 when you make your first bet. Get on the field and find out why nothing beats a win at BetMGM. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code JACOB200 to win $200 in free bets if any player scores a touchdown in any pro football game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. And welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily on a Wednesday edition. Uh, It's the middle of the week as we get ready for another crazy football weekend. We still don't have any update on the Chiefs game. Uh, When and where exactly it will be played is... Florida braces for what looks like uh, it could be a really dangerous hurricane, maybe all the way up to Cat 5. It's very close. If it doesn't technically get there, I think I saw it was about two miles per hour underneath the wind speeds necessary. So it's a bad one, and we hope everybody makes it out safe and stays safe and uh, picks up the pieces effectively and gets the help they need as that thing blows through. Uh, we got two big college games this weekend, Tommy. Last night, a big night for Wichita. Um, you know, we saw the wind surge with an opportunity to force a game three. They didn't get it. They had a, a brilliant pitching performance. Game ends up going to extra innings, and Frisco takes it. Really felt like that was a game the wind surge were going to win early and disappointing, and 
you know, even a little, a little bit of a controversial call, although, you know, in minor league baseball without instant replay and all that stuff, I, I didn't think it was egregious, certainly, uh, at the end there on a, on a attempted steal of home, but tough way to end it. But two years in the postseason and overall on the field, a great year for the wind surge. Yeah. You know, the big storyline for all of the fans in attendance and, and today was, you know, what looked like potentially a, a blown call there at home plate, you know, with that, the, the stolen uh, stealing home plate or home base there. And, and, you know, unfortunately uh, for the wind surge that there was not a, a replay capability, you know, able to challenge that. And, and so, um, yeah, you know, unfortunately the wind surge had their fair share of chances. They weren't able to get runs across in the bottom of the ninth and, and the bullpen couldn't hold up, but, uh, Man, what a great season. And, you know, I think that if you're looking at the way that this franchise has grown over the last two years and, you know, two years in existence, two years in the playoffs, playing for a championship both years, uh, you've got to be pretty happy with the way things have gone. Yeah, I, th- I think so. On the field, certainly. Um, you know, certainly it's been successful on the field I mean you've got two years in the postseason in a minor league system that makes it really difficult to make the postseason um that that's hard you know that's that's really difficult to do and they've done that and that's that's cool to see them do that and you know we're we're happy for them with just man they had a chance to win it at home which is always so much fun um love it but it's okay I mean, they got it, and they had a good crowd, and that's the thing. But you know, you're you're in that world, Tommy. The opportunity to get another crowd is a big opportunity, and you know, it sounds like they had a pretty good crowd on short notice last night. Yeah, I think they had just under four thousand people at Riverfront. Um, you know, for the for the playoff game, and and I don't know, like I I've I've been in Wichita my entire life, working in minor league sports right now. I understand. Uh, the importance of minor league sports to the overall culture in Wichita. We don't have to get into a philosophical conversation about that, but it's important. You know, I grew up going to Wranglers games uh, at the old Lawrence Dumont and, you know, when it was affiliated baseball and how important it was to the city at the time. And, you know, then of course, over the years, uh, they struggled with attendance, you know, especially when, um, you know, you got down to the last few years of the Wranglers existence in Wichita and, so my hope is that, you know, the wind surge, they're able to not only stay competitive on the field, but um, continuing to draw good crowds. And I think the more that the downtown and, and riverfront area continues to develop, um, you know, hopefully it becomes a, a destination for people. And, um, you know, regardless of the success on the field, I hope that people still show up. Yeah, I mean, we that's what we want, right? That's that's why we built the new stadium. Um, so that's it. That's it for the wind surge this year. They'll give it another run next year. See if they can take that last step. Uh, Tommy, Wichita State basketball starts yesterday. Um, practice anyway. It's a season of unknown, certainly. It's a season that is important for Isaac Brown and his future, right? Like we we need to see some some things and some progress and What's interesting is the roster and all of the production, almost all, is gone. And, you know, the NIL getting organized, although it was a little behind the eight ball, they did bring in more talent than it initially looked like they'd be able to. So that's good. Craig Porter's back, though, and by all accounts, and, you know, talking to Isaac Brown yesterday and sort of seeing it in the opportunity, I think the sky's the limit for, you know, for Craig Porter to really take off and sounds like he's become the leader of this team, but 
you know, as we enter the season and we talk about expectations, I don't really know what to expect. And I don't know how people can when basically it's an entirely new team. But what I do know is there's talent there now where Isaac Brown can and staff can really roll up their sleeves and, and try and prove something this year if they can be competitive in the league and, and win games and do those things with, you know, with a basically a whole new group of guys. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is chemistry. It's building that uh, that team cohesion. You've got a dozen newcomers coming into the program. And I, it, what I like about this is that, you know, these are players that, that Isaac Brown and his staff, they're going all in on. Like, they wanted to overhaul the roster. They, they knew that, uh, you know, the production last season wasn't enough to get them over the hump. And so, you know, I think that, that Brown and his staff went out and said, look, we're going to need to find – you know, our, our players, our, our guys and, you know, put them together. It might take a minute to build that cohesion. Um, but, uh, that's going to be essential. And so my biggest question going into this season is how long is that going to take? Um, are we looking at a handful of games in the non-conference for them to build that chemistry? Is that going to carry into conference play? Um, you know, the sooner that they're able to gel and the sooner that we're able to kind of see, okay, who are the, who are the main players? What's the rotation look like? How are they gelling on the on the court together? Um, that's going to be essential. And the, the sooner that Brown and his staff are are able to, to make that work and the players are able to buy into that system, the better that they're going to be. I'm excited about it. Um, I, I do. I just want to see it, right? And practice is a big thing. And shocker madness and the early games and the exhibition and how quickly can they get you know, acclimated and can Xavier Bell, the local kid, can he be a big time contributor like we hope he can be? There's just a lot of things to look for. Um, and when it's always this much unknown, the early part of the season means, you know, I, I think more even than it does when you return a lot of guys. And we'll see. And and we'll see if this team can generate the offense that it's lacked the last couple of years. And it's right here for us. Uh, real quick, as we're talking about college basketball, the Memphis news yesterday, which is basically Memphis isn't going to get in any real trouble for its infractions. The same whatever it's called NCAA group is looking at that, I think is that looking at Kansas. When I see Memphis yesterday and the nature of the way and the length of time the Kansas investigation has gone on, I think it's got to be good news for the Jayhawks, don't you? 100%. Um, the fact that this came down through the – what, what is it, the IARP, the independent yeah. uh, panel or whatever? Too many that, yeah, they're, they're legislating these, you know, these situations from the NCAA. And the fact that it came down from Memphis that, you know, really nothing, none of these penalties impact the current student athletes, the current program as it stands right now. I think that's got to look really good for, for Kansas basketball. Um, you know, th there's been a lot of speculation. And, and what, I, what I hate about this is how long it's taken. Like, this has gone on forever for all of the programs that are dealing with this through the NCAA. But what I like about it is the fact that it doesn't look like it's going to impact anything current or moving forward for Kansas basketball. Like, everything might be retroactive. You know, Memphis vacated a couple of wins. I can't imagine that in Kansas's situation that it's going to be that egregious. Like, I don't know if we're looking at vacated wins because – if memory serves me correctly, 
I believe the infractions that's, that it's being dealt with through Kansas are for players that never played a game for Kansas. So I'm not sure that, I mean, they never stepped on the court. They, they didn't contribute to any wins. So in the situation with Memphis, that all surrounded James Wiseman and the few games he played for Memphis, those, those wins were then vacated by Memphis. So I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know what the timeline looks like. It might still be a few months, but um, I would imagine this bodes well for KU. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I think that there is um, hope there. And, and I haven't really known what to think about that situation anyway because it is taking so long, and we saw Oklahoma State who tried to be open and up front, and it blew up in their face. And you know, like the second you saw that, you're like, okay, well, no team's ever going to do that again. They're going to make this as complicated as yep. possible. Um, which is what Kansas has done, and, and it's probably the right play as they continue to just wait. And and what we saw in Memphis could be a sign of things to come. Um, let's take a quick break. I, when we come back, you know, we, we opened with Leipold because there was a new story from Dennis Dodd about it, and it makes me wonder, you know, we're all focused on Leipold, but Kansas State just beat Oklahoma on a national stage in Norman, and you know, Kleiman's going to get mentioned more and more for these jobs. And while Nebraska may not be the one, others could be. So, you know, for the same reasons that Kansas is under some pressure here, is Kansas State under that same kind of pressure, I wonder? Let's talk about that when we come back. Coaching news, or lack thereof, next on Sports Day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, Tommy, we talked about the pressure in Lawrence to ensure Lance Leipold is a part of the future. 
Um, does that same pressure exist, you think, with Chris Kleiman at K-State, or have they already done what they needed to do and everything Man, that they can do? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that's a tough one for me. Like, it's tougher with Kleiman than it is with Leipold because of the relationship and the longstanding relationship that Kleiman has had with uh, Gene Taylor, his athletic director. And I'm not saying that Lance Leipold and Travis Goff don't have a good relationship. They clearly do. But Taylor and Kleiman go back a long time, and they were together at a previous school, sort of came to Kansas State together. Um, So that makes it a little bit tougher for me. Um, Now, I don't know. I mean, if, you know, this wouldn't happen, but, you know, if Ohio State called, um, you know, if, if an SEC team called, would that be enough to uh, to take Kleiman away? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm really torn on this. I, you know, they're so similar in what they're doing, right? They're, they, you know, Kleiman is 55 years old. They both, but they both built powerhouses and were a part of powerhouses at lower levels to get to this point and to get this opportunity very similar. It's why we all liked the Kansas approach to this hire. Um, anyway, right? Like that. That's that's a part of why we liked Leipold in the first place. They sort of um, they sort of took the same approach that Kansas State did, and it appears to be working. Obviously, with with Chris Kleiman, but I do think there is some pressure because think about right now Tommy the narrative in the conversation had Kansas State not stumbled against Tulane right they're also 4 and 0 coming off of a win in Norman and probably a top at least top 20 if not in that top 15 range at this point by the way they've played i i think these sorts of rumors would probably running wildly in Manhattan like they are in Lawrence at the same time And I ask them together because this is a unique time, relatively speaking. You've got national shows speaking about both Kansas and Kansas State at the same time. We're not seeing it this week for some reason with Kansas State and Texas Tech, which I feel like should be in a national window for sure, but it's not. But you're seeing more and more appearances on national broadcast, right? That They're being picked to play in the windows that go out to everybody. And that does mean something. There's a buzz going on for football collectively that we haven't seen. Kansas State, we knew it was going to be there, right? We knew what the opportunity was and the buzz and all of these things. Kansas has surprised us, but this is a really pivotal time for the future of college football in this state because you've got two coaches that are clearly taking advantage now of opportunities in the transfer world, in the NIL world, to really strengthen the programs and build a foundation, maybe to get some long-term success even that we haven't seen, especially collectively. And both of those coaches seem like they're such a big part of it. What is so foreign about all of this is we've never had this conversation before. Like, it's been a long time. In fact, I was trying to think about the last time either one of these programs, Kansas or Kansas State, was having a conversation about another school coming in to try to hire their coach. Because it didn't happen during, I mean, maybe quietly with Bill Snyder, but he never, to my recollection, ever acknowledged looking at leaving and going somewhere else. I mean, he was Kansas State through and through. And 
the KU program has been so bad for so long that, you know, none, none of those coaches were ever looking at, you know, maybe being poached by another, another program. Mark Mangino was forced out. Like I'm trying to think back. It might've been Glenn Mason for Kansas, like in the mid nineties, because he left Kansas to go to Minnesota. That might be the last time that either one of these programs has had to have this conversation about what are we going to do to keep our coach and keep other schools from coming in and taking them away. And, you know, Kansas state is so much further ahead facilities wise than Kansas is. So the Jayhawks have to catch up in that regard, but the money's there for, for both schools, you know, to be able to pony up if they want their program to become a premier program and stay a premier program, then they've got the money that they can put in place to make it happen you know, for Kansas facilities wise, but for both schools to pay their coaches enough to where they don't want to leave and go somewhere else. It's an interesting time. It's a good time. These are good problems to have. I do agree with your point earlier in the show about that. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it more tomorrow. Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider joins us as we look ahead to their game against tech uh, real quick. Let's set up a giveaway. Let's give some tickets away. We've got another four pack to a movie called Running the Bases. A small-town baseball coach gets a major opportunity at a new school. His faith-first coaching approach causes tension, though, with his new boss. You can get your tickets to that inspirational sports drama, we're told. It's called Running the Bases. So we'll do a four-pack of that, a four-pack of Wichita Thunder hockey. Tickets to the home opener, Tommy, is coming up. Gosh, we're less than a month away here. Yeah, we are. October 22nd, Interest Bank Arena, the Thunder take on the Allen Americans. And uh, we want to give you four tickets to the home opener to go out and enjoy some hockey on us. It should be an exciting time. We'll also throw in a couple of free tea cards for some iced tea at HTO. Uh, Open West coming soon east. And we'll do that all. So two sets of four tickets and a pair of free tea cards, 869-1240. We'll do that for our third caller. Jad will take that in our final break here. We'll come back. We'll give you a winner and wrap things up on Sports Daily right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.